Are you ready to talk about the motion picture shows? I don't know. I'd probably have to say yeah on that one, question mark. Three hours for a movie? Welcome to Football's Day. I needed this thing to end quick, fast, and in a hurry. Is it though? Is it a good movie? Yes. I think so. Welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Kavanagh. With me, as always, is Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other is don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. The boys are back in town. Finally. (laughs) I think you got to say it 600 more times before you really get the message across. What's the title of that song? <laughs> the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. No, he just pretty much says that. No, he says, like, guess who just got back today? Them the boys. wild boys <laughs> from something out of the way. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. <laughs> so Where did they go? Where, where do you think the boys went? They left. <laughs> they came back. Yeah, they had shit to do. <laughs> they had shit to do. They ran out of money, and they came back. Yep. So they that is always, us. Yeah. We have uh, we have come back, and I am excited. It's great to talk with you. It's great to see your face. Um, I've been kind of just t- cutting out your your articles from the newspaper, all the all the paparazzi oh, yeah. that you've been, you've been at, <laughs> your clippings, yeah. and I'm uh, pulling a Kathy Bates from Misery, and I'm your number one fan. So My get ready goodness. for that uh, that hobbling of your your ankles pretty soon. <laughs> oh, man. I do have a bad <laughs> knee. I can't can't afford to have no bad ankles. <laughs> I'll fix it for you. Don't worry. Lickety split. Oh. <laughs> I got pains. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. I got I have pains too, with a with two Z's. Aches and pains. <laughs> don't like it. I need to no. pop pills. Whoa, careful on that. And snort them. I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it's faster. There Suppository you them. I don't know, but I'm very excited to talk about today's movie film with you. Yes, we're gonna do Prey from 2022. This is a brand new motion picture show. Uh, it is available on Hulu. I think so, right? Is that yeah, it's it? Hulu. Yeah. Apparently, it's also on Disney Plus because uh, Hulu and is Disney really? Plus. Yeah, so they're the same. It's all part of ABC, you know, Disney and stuff. Right, right, right. And my Hulu, my Disney Plus has it available. It's really interesting. Um, and internationally, you can also get it on Disney Plus as well because, you know, it's different. Okay. So, yeah, it's fascinating. You look, it's like Mary Poppins and then Prey right next to it. So, <laughs> holy smokes. Yeah, is that how people good? are able to watch it in the other language? Because um, Hulu I, wasn't letting me do that, but I saw people were able to watch it in like a Comanche language or something. Uh, I am not sure. I should probably check that because I watched it on Hulu, but I did see that you could watch it in Comanche, or I read about it, which I thought was really cool. Um, I mean, I wouldn't understand what's going on, but I still well, like to it watch it again. In, you know what I mean? It can be subtitled in English. True, exactly. But I I didn't see that option on the uh, on the Hulu there. Yeah, so. maybe I'm just blind. So I saw it on the Hulu there. Uh, it was directed by Dan Trachtenberg, who you might know from 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is my favorite Cloverfield movie. Love that movie a lot. Uh, it was written by Patrick Asen, Dan Trachtenberg, and based on characters by Jim and John Thomas. So there you have it. The cast includes... This is, a, this is a fun one. We have Amber Midthunder, Dakota Beavers, Dane DeLigro, Stormy Kip, Michelle Thrush, Julian Black Antelope, and Bennett Taylor. Uh, critical reception has been incredibly kind for this movie. 
we are looking at a whopping 92% on the ultimate meter there, which is pretty impressive, especially for a prequel. And I don't know, there's God knows how many of these Predator movies these days. <laughs> for like, I think there's this is this is technically the fifth Predator movie, but then there's also an Aliens, yeah. two Aliens versus Predator movies. Yeah, so I think this is like the sixth in the Predator franchise or whatever, but this is like it could be the seventh. Is that right? One, right? two. Alien, so there's Predator, Requiem. Predator 2, Predators, The Predator, oh, yeah, um, and then Prey, and then additionally there is Aliens vs. Predator and Aliens vs. Predator Requiem. It's so stupid that it was just called The Predator, and then the other one was Predators, and the first one was Predator. This one should have been Predators. This is. <laughs> Predatured. Pre- pre-predator. <laughs> Pre-pred. God. So stupid, but yeah. whatever. There's a reason why those flopped. Yeah, we can get into that. We should probably rank our favorites, least least to favorite, least to most favorite. I would say. I'll add that at the end. Then that's perfect. Yeah, easy peasy. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm sorry. The critical reception was 92, percent which is pretty good. Pretty 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 good. You got. Let's see here. Uh, Noel Murray from the Los Angeles Times says a predator story should have well crafted and excitingly staged scenes of humans fighting an alien. This picture has plenty. All right. Then you got Esther Zuckerman from Time Magazine says, The result is pretty fun, if also a tonal mishmash of goofiness and gorgeous landscapes. You know, I don't really remember a whole lot of goofiness. I don't remember any goofiness. Yeah. Maybe the French boys. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but that, uh, that caught me off guard. Uh, and then, you know, I was hard-pressed to find a negative review on this, but uh, one who never disappoints, uh, David Nusser, this guy, <laughs> wasn't a fan. He says, Trachtenberg's overuse computer-generated special effects to such a degree that virtually all of the action set pieces are hopelessly drained of energy and excitement. Whatever. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I don't either. But he doesn't like a lot of stuff. <laughs> Why is he a critic then? I don't know. Maybe he should <laughs> read books. <laughs> you no, know, you should uh, watch books. David. Watch, <laughs> you should watch audiobooks. Um, I was listening to the Horse Squad podcast for our buddy Stephen Alva Wood, and it was a really good episode on Nope. Uh, I don't want to go too far into Nope, but I I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And he did his his episode. And it was just him and I mean Todd or something like that. And um, anyhow, they they were shitting on it left and right. And Stephen just got out of the theater like an hour and a half before they recorded. And so he, the entire time I'm like walking home listening to it. And I'm like, no, that's not right. Ah! And so I messaged him on on uh, Discord and I was like, I have thoughts on your podcast. And so we had a really long discussion about it. But um, he's like, you know what? That makes sense. I probably shouldn't be recording these this soon and i think maybe this guy who wrote this review should probably wait a little bit before he writes his review should probably sit down and think about how uh, you know how this movie actually affected him right and that, that can be a problem if you're reviewing something and it's time sensitive right mm-hmm. a lot of times people see the movie uh within a week before it gets released so you don't have a whole lot of time to put your thoughts together yeah so it, it can be it can be different but whatever some people just don't like cool shit I'm okay with that. <laughs> Do you <laughs> have any uncool world. shit? <laughs> Where's the uncool shit section I can purchase from, please? Yeah, I'm just yeah. like, I don't, I don't know. So, um, interesting side note. He did like the black phone. I don't know if you saw that yet. 
I have another yet. Ethan Hawke movie. <laughs> another Ethan Hawke, which made me laugh when I saw his name in the credits. <laughs> I was like, are you fucking serious? Another I know, Ethan Hawke movie. I know that our buddy Jeff liked it a lot. He said it was really disturbing, though. Uh, and I yeah, it's I, I need to check kidnapped. it out. It's yeah. it's it's hardcore, man. It's the not, trailer I, creeped me out. I know that now that I'm a parent, things like that hit me a little bit differently. Like if I were to watch like yeah, Gone yeah. Baby Gone, I would probably not like it like if i would have never seen it before and then as a parent watching it and seeing someone being kidnapped that would that would not sit well with me so that's why you can't watch adventures in babysitting yeah are you spreading rumors about me kid (laughs) yeah (laughs) love that movie and in chicago there i've been in that building the the big building that her parents work in and that she's dangling off the roof is that Sears Tower or is it? It's, it's a tower, but I don't think Sears went out of business. And they I'm are a in butler, malls. not the butler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, bah, 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 bah. we are taking way too long to get to the meat and potatoes. Eh, and we're going to get in trouble. Whatever. We're going to get what? scolded by people on the Internet. And I'm not ready for that. Uh, the the budget was it says no idea. <laughs> I couldn't find anything for the budget. And it's a bummer because I did find articles on on how this movie has has been successful via, you know, the critics and every, everybody talking about it. And if it went to theaters, if it had a theatrical release instead of streaming, it would have fared a lot better. And so I did. I scoured and I looked and I couldn't find anything. Um, but that was a few days ago. So there might be something now that says what the film's budget was, but I couldn't see anything. So unless you you have it, I, you know. I stand corrected, but I couldn't find what the film's budget was. No, it's a mystery. They did it for free. There you go. Yeah, one for you, one for me. (laughs) So here are some fun facts about Prey. This movie was released with dialogue that was dubbed in the Comanche language, and there is also an English language version and a version with Comanche subtitles, which is what we were just talking about, which is great. Dane Deligro, who plays Predator, is six foot nine inches, um, who... Oh, and he is so he's actually 5.5 inches shorter than Kevin Peter Hall, the person who played the original Predator in 1987. Hall was seven foot two and a half inches and he wore the damn heavy ass costume. Fun fact, do you know that Jean-Claude Van Damme was supposed to be the Predator in the original one? And it was this really terrible suit that they had for him. Well, yeah, he had to wear the suit. It was the reason why they wore he had to wear like that red suit was so they could get him out of the frame. So like they needed a. They needed a monster to be caught on camera, but then they were going to get him out, like to give him like the invisible effect, you know? Mm-hmm. So he didn't understand that. He was like, this is stupid. <laughs> He's like, I look like a lobster. <laughs> yeah, like, like, it's fine. No one's going to see the outfit. Relax. Calm your downs. But he didn't, he didn't understand. He's like, how many flying split kicks do I get in this movie? Yeah. So like, you know, fast forward just a couple of years and people are looking at like a tennis ball as like the, the subject, right? Yeah. Because then it's true. all digitally added and everything digital computery guy so this was actually released 35 years after the original predator 1987 and that's how old i am 35 that's my year that's why i love the original so much when naru gives the trapper the orange tutsuya flower it lowers his body temperature making it hard for the predator's infrared based vision to perceive him seeing this naru says it can't see him this echoes the first Predator film when Predator can't see Schwarzenegger's mud-covered character, Alan Dutch, Dutch Schaefer, who says, it can't see me. Interesting. Same with the mud, actually, in Prey. Uh, the flintlock pistol dated 1715 with the name Raphael Adelini engraved on it is the same one that was given Vito to... Lute- 
Andolini. <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Mike Harrigan at the end of Predator 2 by an elder predator, which I thought was really fascinating. My friend John messaged me. He's like, did you notice that that was the same pistol that Danny Glover got in Predator 2? I was like, holy shit. You're right. Yeah, so. I think it was retconned because uh, originally it was a pirate that kind of had it and there was a whole epic oh, battle. Oh, yeah, uh, from the comics or something like but that? It's, yeah, because uh, like it's dated whatever. What was it like? 1715 on the 17, pistol. 15, on the pistol, yeah. And okay, this was 1719. So, yeah, so t- they, that encounter's already happened. So I don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, maybe they'll just redo it differently in a sequel, like maybe with pirates or some shit and we'll get that story. But who knows? Yeah, I thought that was fascinating, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. And then finally, er early story rumors are that this is supposed to be the first time a predator has ever come to Earth. This idea can be supported when you see the predator killing random animals of all sizes in a non-jungle, non-humid climate, and not just humans. Another possible confirmation to this rumor is how the Comanche Indians are somewhat capable of fighting off the predator in hand-to-hand combat. This could be because the Predator is not yet knowledgeable about Earth's atmosphere. It wears no armor as it's hunting in the cold Great White North. It has no mask covering its mouth to provide its own oxygen, as seen in Parts 1 and 2. And it bleeds easily from the cuts and scratches of simple rock-tipped spears and arrows. I really like that theory. Why does it say the Great White North? Uh, I thought they were just on, like, the North Plains. Yeah, the Great Plains, which is... It wasn't called the Great White North? No, Canada's the Great White North. Oh. Well, IMDb's wrong then. I mean, I guess maybe parts of the Great Plains could go into to the, the invisible line that exists that yeah. makes Canada. But yeah, I mean, it's all like your Montanas and Dakotas and Wyomings. And the movie such. was filmed in Canada, if that's any consolation. Sure, <laughs> so. why not? But I mean, that, that also goes yeah. back to the whole Pistola thing. If that's dated in, in 1715, mm-hmm. um, curiously enough, I'm just... That this Frenchman has the the pistol, and he's not anything impressive. Whereas the guy that had it in the comic, you know, they they came to blows. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how it plays out. And I, I haven't even read the comic. I just remember one night, like at two in the morning, going down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. uh, after watching Predator Two, like a billionth time rewatch. I was like, so what's the story with this pistol again? And then I <laughs> yeah. and then I kind of googled it because uh, I actually really enjoy Predator Two. I do too. And then. Um, it was fun to to just kind of read the story, but because it was so late and so long ago, I, I clearly have no memory of it. The deeds, yeah. anyway. It's something like, um, you know, a pirate trap, or he, he baits the predator, and he's able to kill him uh, using someone else, uh, kind of like in this movie, how she baits the, the trapper, and uh, that's how she can hunt the predator. Um, and he gets a that pistol as a prize. Like, they form an ally shipper, like, out of respect. You know, he gets that pistol or something like that. And in Predator 2, it's interesting because they give him the pistol, but I'd be like, what am I supposed to do with this? What, yeah. Like, how do I even load this? <laughs> you got any more of them shiny daggers? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> how many pieces of Lemba's bread did you eat? I had four, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'd be like, uh, you know, I, I took him out with that cool disc thing. I could, yeah. I could use another one of those. Can I get one of those? Come back. Can I get one of those shoulder-mounted lasers too? Because yeah. that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. So, for anyone who has not seen Prey, um, this watch is a, a spoiler, and you should totally watch it. Because, oh yeah, baby. So here we go. In 1719, in the Great Plains, Naru, a young Comanche woman trained as a healer, dreams of becoming a great hunter like her brother Tabe. 
While tracking deer with her dog, Sari, she witnesses an anomaly. Sorry. Sorry. She witnesses an anomaly in the sky, which she likens to the Thunderbird. Actually, it is a predator aircraft. She takes this as a sign to prove herself. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Tabe agrees to bring her to join to, uh, the search party for the cougar that attacked one of the tribe's hunters, but only so she can provide medical treatment if they find the hunter alive. They retrieve the wounded hunter and depart, though Tabe stays behind to find the big cat. I like when she, he's like, you're going to find her or you're going to find him. And she's like, why? He goes, because you're, because you're going to find him sort of thing. I thought mm -hmm. that was really clever. Uh, finding unusual tracks and a meticulously skinned rattlesnake. Naru circles back with Pake and finds Tabe. Uh, together, they set a trap for the cougar, but it kills Pake. Naru wounds the big cat, but falls and strikes her head after being distracted by a burst of light in the distance. Tabe carries her home and returns to kill the weekend or the weakened cougar, earning him the title of war chief after completing the hunt. Convinced of a greater threat, Naru departs with Sari. They come across a herd of skinned bison and later are attacked by a grizzly bear. The bear is killed by the predator, giving Naru time to escape before running into a group of Comanche sent to find her. The creature ambushes and kills them in combat. Naru is caught in a foothold trap, but the predator leaves when she is no longer a threat. French voyagers responsible for killing and skinning the bison find Naru and cage her. Their translator, Raphael Adolini, Adolini, questions Naru about the predator. With those species, he is familiar. When she refuses to talk, the lead voyager reveals that he has Tabe captive and tortures him with a knife before using both siblings as tied bait for the predator. The creature kills most of the Frenchmen while Tabe and Naru escape. Naru rescues Sari from the camp and stumbles across a dying Raphael who teaches her how to use his flintlock pistol in exchange for medical treatment to his severed leg. Naru gives him herbs to, that reduce his body heat to staunch the bleeding. When the predator arrives, Raphael plays dead and Naru realizes that the creature cannot see him. Raphael is killed after the predator steps on his partial leg, causing him to scream. Tabe arrives on horseback to rescue Naru, and together they weaken the creature, but it kills Tabe after stabbing him through the back. Naru flees and finds the surviving leading Frenchman. She knocks him out, severs one of his legs, and gives him an unloaded gun before eating the herbs to hide her body heat, baiting the creature to kill the voyager. She uses Adelini's pistol to ambush the predator, knocking off its laser-targeting mask. She steals it and flees into the woods. Naru lures the predator into a mud-filled bog before using the creature's mask to turn its own projectile weapon against it. The predator dies of its wounds, and Naru severs its head and paints her face with its, gr its glowing green blood. She brings the head and the flintlock pistol back to her tribe. They honor her victory by declaring Naru a war chief. A hide painting in the end credits depicts... <laughs> Sounds like a promotion! <laughs> yeah, there you go. A hide painting in the end credits depicts three predator spaceships arriving in Comanche territory. Dun, dun, dun. So, Prey 2022. Justin, what did you think of this movie? I really enjoyed it. I um, I had heard good things prior to watching it uh, without any spoilers, but uh, minus the pistola, I had asked if it made an appearance, and I found out it did, and uh, and I was kind of excited about that. So, um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I'm here for it, man. I, I've Every human being that I've spoken to since watching it, I have told to watch it. <laughs> I was like, have you seen Prey? No, you gotta watch it. I was one of those people, which I don't typically like being one of those people, but 
it's it's one of those uh you know we don't, it's a prequel but we'll call it like a almost like a requel in a way but right uh you know they tend to get uh dismissed and this is one that should not be looked over i agree i when i first when i saw the first trailer i was a little apprehensive just because it didn't it didn't really tickle my fancy that much. I'm like, well, I don't have huge expectations on it, but I love the Predator franchise, um, albeit two movies were only really good. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. Any new Predator content is great for me. But knowing that Dan Trachtenberg did it, I mean, we both love 10 Cloverfield Lane. I was like, OK, I can down with that, you know, and it's streaming, so it's not much of a commitment. I don't need to go to theaters. And boy, oh boy, I was so goddamn happy. I watched it at seven in the morning. Like I woke up and I was drinking my coffee. Uh, so I watched it in the morning and holy crap, dude, I loved it. It's a crisp 100 minutes. It's a really easy watch. Um, they do such a great job with the characters. Naru is such a badass. I loved her whole, uh, you know, axe tethered to a rope sort of thing. Um, she's doing parkour left and right. Uh, all of the Comanche warriors actually could hold their own. They're doing, you know, just backflips and like dodging the predator and everything. And it was really neat to see. And it was a good departure from other predator films where you just have muscly guys getting slaughtered by the predator. And this was actually, you know, they used primitive weapons and uh, focused on that a lot more. So I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I actually started watching it again uh, today for the second time. And I still was just like, oh, this is so cool. I was trying to pay attention to things I didn't see on the first watch. Yeah, so I also watched it pretty early in the morning. I think I started like 6.30 or 7. Uh, I watched it before I, I started work, actually, a couple days ago. Nice. And I was like, oh, man, this movie's awesome. And then I watched it again today for funsies. Uh, but you know, you mentioned like the whole primitive weapon thing. And at the end of the day, it always comes down to like hand to hand combat with these fucking predator movies. Exactly. So they just kind of, kind of started from the, the end there. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, High tech weapons don't usually do it, but unless of course you're using the predator's own weapons against them, but anyone with a gun typically gets murdered in the predator. movies. So it's funny how that works. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, I mean, I was I was very, very excited that that this movie could be as successful as it has been uh, this past week, you know, that it's been out. And um, I mean, all of our friends are, are praising it. Uh, sounds like the most of social media is praising it. So I'm, I'm super pumped about it. But the first trailer that you saw was that the one where she's just running in the field and then the other guy stops her and and, and it's like, shh. Yeah. yeah, that was all that we really got from it. That's yeah, that was like the teaser. And that's all I, I watched. I think there was another one out there that gave a little bit more. Um, but I really tried to not do that. Tried to not watch that. Mm -hmm. But you said it didn't really do anything <clears throat> for you. But isn't it a good thing to not give you too, not to give away too much stuff? Yeah, well, it, it is. And I and I was, you know, um, unfairly going into it being like, ah, it's a prequel. It's going to Hulu. I don't know how good that's going to be. And, and that was stupid of me because and I have a question about that later about streaming. But um, I just know that I need to be a little more, uh, you know, open and optimistic about about movies like this. And I wasn't like writing it off completely. I just was kind of like, eh, I've been burned by the Predator and, and Predators and AVP Requiem and stuff. So I didn't get my hopes up too much. But again, at the end of the day, I'm still going to watch it because I'm like, dude, I like I like the Predator a lot. And so that that helped me. It curbed my my expectations. And so I was very pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed the shit out of this movie. So. Mm -hmm. 
But so we were talking about prequels and, and, you know, they're hard because they can really be hit or miss. So it was it was quite a bold choice to take it back to the 18th century to develop this story. So how did you feel about the setting overall of this movie? Did it did it ever seem unrealistic? Like, you know, aside from the fact that an extraterrestrial is killing people for sport. Right. No. Um, so I was actually totally OK with it. Uh, in a weird way, Naru has home court advantage. Her people are survivors and they deal with the cold hardships of nature on a daily basis. And an intruder is just another day for her and her tribe. So uh, on paper, it makes perfect fucking sense. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> Let's do this. And uh, she's she's no stranger to, to the hardships, man. I mean, she starts with like a rabbit and then it's like a fucking deer and then it's then it's a bear and then it's a predator. So she's she's on the same journey as that predator who starts with just the 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 little guys and works its way up the the food chain basically and she does the exact same thing so they they it's interesting how well they parallel each other and she's like you know that it's they don't see me as a threat and neither does he or whatever she says at the end there <laughs> it's like yeah oh yeah see they're literally on the same journey Ooh, yeah right and she's not, you know, most of the other Predator movies, they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. But she's like, look, something's out there. I need to go kill it. She's not like, I'm going to sit idly by. She's like, I'm going on my own to go kill this. And I thought that that was a really uh, good decision that they took in the film, because then you get her and, and, and Sari going out there to try to do it. Now, I thought it was interesting, speaking of parallels, the kind of almost uh, symbiotic nature that were the trappers versus the predator because they kind of were one in the same and maybe the predators an allegory for the, the trappers because they would go out there to skin the buffaloes to deprive um, the indigenous indigenous people of their food sources just for the fur and just because they were assholes so um, I think that that was something important and you know obviously it's a good way to to add kills to the movie where the predator can just completely obliterate these people but the indigenous people treat all of their their hunts for for food purposes for the purpose of living they aren't just killing for sport whereas the predator and the trappers are killing for sport um, and so I thought that that was really interesting that they added it in there because they could have just made this movie a 1v1, you know, Predator versus Naru sort of thing. But they added that element of the French trappers to really kind of um, drive something a little more, you know, uh, drive something more uh, at home. And just like you were saying, too, th their people are are so used to um, these threats, these imminent dangers that that always occur. And so it was a, it was a good choice. And uh, I agree completely with what you're saying. Right. And she she evolves too. it's it's these trappers that kind of speed up the evolution of of her, you know, skills and and her mindset and what it's going to take to survive because, you know, she's captured. She sees her brother die. She has to tend to these crazy mortal wounds and she sees the cruelties in in man and she's able to overcome it. And so she she grows quite a bit over mm -hmm. the course of this afternoon. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I mean, like, in the sense that, like, same with, like, Laura Croft did in, like, the Terminator reboot, right? Like, she's just a an explorer. And then all of a sudden, she's met, you know, like, sort of the man versus nature. And then ultimately killing another person. And this metamorphosis takes place. And the same, I think the same very much goes for Naru. 
Yeah, that's a good point. It's she does go through quite a quite a bit of shit. She's seen some things. So, yeah, yeah, um, the horror. <laughs> I will say yeah. that camp scene when she goes back for Sari and has to kill like those six guys or whatever is super badass. Right, She's that's, all that's John Wickham and left one hundred percent. That's like my favorite scene in the whole in the whole movie. It's incredible. I I'm such a fan of her her tomahawk that she has attached to a yeah. the rope. Like, Get it's, over here, <laughs> dude. That's <laughs> so that's exactly what I thought. I'm like, so she's scorpion. I was gonna text. <laughs> to you at like 7 30 in the morning like so she's scorpion but <laughs> it was oh god it was awesome i loved it so, at work we play this uh, scrambling game where i'll scramble the letters of of characters from whether it be anime or video games and scorpion when we did a mortal combat one his name was rico pons and <laughs> when you scramble his name so you get rico pons so now we forever call scorpion rico pons I feel like he would have a mustache and he'd have a leather jacket with a white tank top underneath. Oh, yeah. And he'd be like he'd be one sp- of the hot cops in the rest of development. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so speaking of that scene, though, too, did you have any other favorite scenes in the movie? Or like what about things you wish you could have seen more or they expanded upon? Sure. So I have a lot of favorite scenes. So anything with the Predator <laughs> is like my favorite in this movie. Yeah. I really job. like the way that he moves. I like his armor. Um, I just, yeah, it's clicking predator <laughs> clicks. If you watch it in with subtitles, <laughs> disturbing sound, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I, he's a clicker. Uh, we got a clicker. Um, and then, uh, I like it when Naru is, uh, training, you know, when she's throwing her ax from tree to tree, I think that's really cool. Uh, you mentioned when she infiltrates the campsite to get her doggy. Uh, that's fucking awesome. And even when Tabe goes full blown Legolas against the Predator, Dude. he's like shoots his arrows at him and then he pulls him out, pulls him out and shoots him again. again. <laughs> that was incredible. Dude, it totally reminded me of when Legolas stabs an orc in the throat <laughs> yeah. and then pulls it back and then shoots like two more with that same arrow. It's so cool. That was so, unreal. Yeah, I was I was really sad that he didn't make it. I was hoping that he was just wounded, but that's not the way these movies work. Um, yeah. Which was unfortunate because he's it would have been nice for him to see his sister, uh, you know, go get the glow and get elevated to the next level. And right. uh, he knows that she was capable. Uh, and he, you know, he told her, you know, bring it home. And I really like that. But it would have been really nice for. Yeah. For and he was supportive of her. He wasn't like a, a stereotypical, uh, you know, um, antagonist brother in, in a film where he's like, you're you're a woman. You're not going to do any good. He's like, no, she's a really good tracker and, and she's she's a good hunter. But she needs she needs to get her first uh, kill, you know, her uh, kutamiya and right. like sh- she'll get it. But he had all the confidence in the world with her and he saw her cunning when she's telling the story about the beaver nine off its own hand. And then she's like, you know, he's like, no, no. She's like, I'm smarter than the beaver. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, my girl. (laughs) And how he admitted to her that he got the lion because she, you know, yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, exactly. Which is just how she was able to get the predator because he wounded it. Exactly. Yeah. So there are a lot of callbacks in it. And I did have to watch that scene again with the, with the cougar because I'm like, wait, did she actually stab it when she falls down? Cause it's a kind of blink and you miss it sort of thing. Yeah. She she does. She She did in the side. Yeah. Yeah. That was super badass. Oh, yeah, 100%. And then uh, just to continue, uh, when Naru steps aside to avoid the Predator, she's like a sidestep when the Predator's sneaking up to kill a Frenchman near the end. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like, she just, like, totally knows it's coming. She does, like, a little sidestep, and it walks right past her. I thought that was really cool. And then their final encounter was just a fucking one-sided, you know, 
boxing match and she fucked that predator up so goddamn bad and i yeah. love that because she's always practicing like her hand-to-hand combat and like with any of these movies it always boils down to trying to outsmart it and and, and out maneuver it uh because guns just don't work right and then she she gets it she does a full-blown never-ending story in the quicksand and <laughs> yeah um, gets, gets boom boom in the head <laughs> pretty pretty rad so I, call, I called it her Kevin McAllister moments. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a hole. <laughs> and uh, what a hole. <laughs> and uh, she's he's like, if you hit me with one more brick, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Even when she had like the like the sharp uh, branches in the Dude, trees, that yeah. was sweet because she knows she, that that's how he travels and stuff. Just like parkours off of it, and his he like is it his arm that gets all cut up or something his, like his that? Leg, that was his leg, yeah. That was just insane. Like a, a backflip gainer off the refrigerator box. <laughs> Sixty gainer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and so, then she makes but, him cut his own arm off with the shield too. Yeah, that was a that was badass. Dude. And then when he when the, the spear kind of retracts itself, she's like, "Oh shit!" Like, <laughs> everything about that was just really cool. But if 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 I could have seen just a little bit more of something, it would have been really cool. If if after she's removed the head and goes back to her village, if maybe a handful of predators show up and just see this mangled body of their, you know, one of their own, one of their tribe with an arm missing and a head missing and just fucking wounds all over its body. <laughs> I think they would have been like, Oh shit, there's something, <laughs> some serious business on this planet. And that would have been reason to come back. You know? Yeah. I think that would have been interesting or if they're like, Holy shit. It's like, like predator clicks in bewilderment. Time to be hitting the old dusty trail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, I think we've seen all nothing to see here. Let's just, let's just pack up our shit and get, they were all out of diesel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You better get a new map. And it would have been great. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree um, with everything you said. Just couldn't get enough of the action scenes. I thought they were so well done. I, I loved her parkour. I loved her fighting ability. She could hold her own. And it wasn't a, I'm a weak woman and now I'm a strong woman. It's like, she's been badass from the start, dude. So right. um, I I loved the shit out of her character. And I thought it was it was really, really cool. I would have, you're right. I would have liked to see them expand a little more on on a real cliffhanger. But I'm glad they did it in the, um, in the cowhide, basically, at the end to kind of just show you like, hey, some shit's going down. They're coming back down and, and they mean businesses. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was very, very fascinating. They need a trace busta, busta, trace busta, busta. So I do want to talk about streaming services, too, though, because more and more, mostly due to the, you know, the pandemic, uh, we have seen these big budget movies come directly to streaming services. And I think it really started with Wonder Woman 1984 or Wonder yeah. Woman 84 or whatever that may be. <laughs> that pile of hot garbage. Party City, you mean? That's a good one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> many. So many of these directors uh, like the Patty Jenkins, they, they voice their objection to this uh, with they the direct to streaming model they were stating that the the movies are not meant to be seen on that tiny screen they're meant to be seen in the theaters so how do you feel about these big movies going directly to, to streaming do they get cheapened at all i mean i don't so i get where they're coming from but what happens to a movie after it goes in the theaters it fucking gets released on home video cassette mm-hmm. right on DVD, DVD. like we literally can't wait to watch it in our house. So, I mean, yeah, it's cool to watch a movie on the big screen, but at the end of the day, they make so much more money when, you know, the, 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 it's this, uh, 
this well never dries up because they're just constantly able to sell it, you know, via digitally or whatever the case may be. So I totally get where they're coming from, but there's so many factors to pull from in this case, aside from just the, the after the theater thing, like assuming like you're someone that, you know, you had like 5 billion, 5,000 DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff. So, I mean, you are totally comfortable watching movies at home and like in the, the privacy of your own living room or whatever. So, I mean, I, I don't see why this is anything new. Sure. It sucks that for these directors that put all this effort into shooting on IMAX or whatever the case may be. And then somebody watching it on their iPhone, <laughs> that's, that's gotta <laughs> suck. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's really weird. Like forget about the, the price of admission for a second, where it's going to cost you money to go to the theater, right? Like me and Alex, we go, that's $25. And then we get popcorn and soda. It's another 25 for 50 bucks. We're able to watch the movie in the theater. Right. But then we also have to do with the pandemic and crowds. But guess what? We already pay for fucking streaming services. I, mm. I literally pay to stay inside. Why would I go anywhere when I'm paying all this money <laughs> to stay home and watch it? So you got popcorn like, and soda at home. <laughs> I, and, and just an endless catalog of, of fucking motion picture <laughs> yeah. shows. It's like, you want me to get in a car and drive somewhere and, and deal with some asshole making like all this obnoxious noise with their candy during the quietest scenes in the movie? Clicking like, his tongue. Fucking <laughs> Vader's trying to tell Luke that he's his dad and there's some asshole crinkling his fucking popcorn. <laughs> Give me a break, dude. So, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with missing that part. I mean, uh, yeah, there's that video that goes around every now and again of uh, during Endgame when Captain America picks up Thor's hammer. And the crowd just fucking loses mm. it, and and it's that's that's the kind of energy that's palpable, and it's really cool to be a part of. But not every fucking movie is like that. Like no. there wasn't one part during this prey movie that I thought, "Holy shit, man! I really wish I saw this in theater." I was totally fine watching it at home at seven in the morning with a, a kid on my shoulders, and I'm just walking around. I'm prancing around like a pony in my living room while I'm watching this movie. <laughs> And I'm totally cool with that. Like fucking whatever that Matrix Resurrection I watched at four in the morning at volume two with subtitles on. And I was totally okay. And that didn't make the movie any worse. It, it's already <laughs> terrible, but whatever. So, I mean, I don't know. The cold, harsh reality is that we process information a little bit differently. Our time is very valuable. And we've been staring at our phones for fucking decades. Of course, it's gotten worse over the last 10 years. But two hours is a really big ask when you can watch fucking 400 TikTok videos in that same time. And I don't like it, but that's just the way it is. And if if me being at home to watch the movie means that I don't have to go out and see people and hear that crunkly fucking popcorn bag or whatever, then I'm okay with it. Hundred percent, I agree with you. And I've more—I mean, I've—I've I've looked at movies that I'm glad I saw in theaters. So, like the Batman, I saw in theaters, and Dune, I saw in theaters. Those were amazing to see in that experience because I saw it with friends, or I saw it around a good crowd, and and the sound and the picture was incredible. And it kind of it cheapened it a little bit when I watched it at home, but I still really loved it. However, time is important to me, and. Like I have AMC a list and there just really hasn't been anything that I've wanted to watch. So even Thor love and thunder, I know it's been out for over a month. I just can't see myself getting in my car, driving to the theater, getting a showtime. No, not yet. I'm oh also kind of, I'm, I'm kind of marveled out. I'm a little marveled out, but here's the thing, Justin, in, 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 a, in about a month or two, it's going to be streaming on Disney plus. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of in this new window where I'm like, look, if I'm missing it for this, for the first few weeks it's out, I think I'm probably just going to wait until it comes out on streaming. Mm. And, and that's actually worked out pretty well for me. 
for for most movies. So Black Phone was another one I wanted to see in theaters because I love horror films and now it's streaming. So I'm like, well, that worked out in my favor, right? The bank aired in your favor, collect $200 sort of thing. Ambulance, you wanted to see that and now that's like on Paramount. Fuck that movie. (laughs) Amber Lance, the the shittiest looking Michael Bay movie in, in quite a while. But uh, yeah, that one's on Peacock. Also, it's an exclusive. So the Northman, same thing. I, I did want to see it in theaters. I'm so glad I waited because I did not like that movie very much. Oh. Um, yeah, I was like, get off of Robert Eggers dick because I just I don't I don't I don't get this. It shot really, really well, but it's so boring. So whatever. Anyways, um, Ethan Hawke's it, in that movie. too. I know. <laughs> Another Ethan Hawke movie. Is this Gattaca 2.0? So it's it is it is something to be said that these movies are coming streaming, but I don't think it cheapens it by any stretch. Some of them just deserve to be streaming or it'd be kind of like a waste of time to go like Mortal Kombat, right? The new one on HBO. Could you imagine seeing Mortal Kombat in theaters? You would have been like, fuck. Yeah, I I fell asleep the first time I watched it. I had to to go back. And that's someone that I mean, I have a Mortal Kombat machine. I know. Five feet away from me. I love Mortal Kombat. And I just. I don't know if it's too comfortable or something, but I passed out. You have, a Shiva, you have a Shiva tattoo on your chest. I don't have one of those. <laughs> you have a Sonya Blade kiss of death on your lips. Oh, I hit my, my mic. A tattoo oh. of a woman on his chest. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Desperado style. Yeah, uh, but you, you mentioned Dune. So that was one that I actually saw. I watched on HBO first, and I loved it. And I was like, fuck, now i got to go watch it in IMAX. And then the next day, I went and watched it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Just because... It is such a the scale of that movie is so insane that I was like, all right, I'll go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was worth it, though. In my oh, opinion. yeah, totally. It was it was really good. I'm not, I'm not complaining like uh, fucking Maverick. Oh, my God. I don't, did oh, you see yeah. Top Gun Maverick? Oh, yeah. Okay. I was a hog and shit, dude. I was a hog and shit. <laughs> That's probably my favorite movie of 2022 and mm. so far. And holy smokes, I love that movie so goddamn much. I was literally crying the scene when they get in the the, the plane at the end. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah. I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, make the wings do it. Make the wings do it. I'm like, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like literally freaking out. And I loved every goddamn second of Top Gun Maverick. And, and I hope it just keeps making billions and billions of dollars. And that's what you should go see uh, with your AMC stubs. Is just keep keep rewatching Maverick because it's amazing. You can only see three a week, Justin. That's that's three too few. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I saw it in IMAX and it was I, I was blown away. I'm, I mean, I think I got a, a few chuckles because when they had the the beach football scene, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some people were laughing around me, but. It was a uh, dude. I was so excited because I went into it knowing exactly what type of movie it was. And it still didn't take away from the fact that I had such an amazing time watching it. Um, and then at the end of it, when I was leaving, I was going, Top Gun is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, my jam. I know it was stuck in my head, but absolutely loved it. So, yes, uh, some films do. I think you, you should try to see them in, in the theater, spend the time. But other ones, it's OK. This one I would love to see in theaters, but I'm perfectly content seeing it in the uh, comfort of my own home. Mm-hmm. And so, how? And how? So the Predator follow-up films have been, how do you put it lightly, absolute dog shit. There subjectively hasn't been a good Predator movie since probably Predator 2, in my opinion. Uh, but that all changed with Prey. So did director Dan Trachtenberg actually find a formula to maybe reinvigorate this franchise? Well, I mean, 
it's all subjective, I suppose. But I mean, I didn't hate Predators nearly as much as you. I don't know. I liked Predators. Remember, I was telling you, I was like, I actually kind of liked this movie. You just said that they're I all... didn't like the Predator. Predators no, no, as a whole. Oh, you, okay, but what I'm just saying said, is... You literally just called it absolute dog shit <laughs> two seconds ago. You said it's the not, Predator it's, follow-up films have... It's not very good. Predators is still not very good because it's just a rehashing of the first one. And it... It just misses the mark on a lot of stuff for me, but I, I didn't I didn't hate it. It's it's still kind of a crappy movie, but I didn't hate it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, and I actually enjoy the first Aliens versus Predator movie. The only one that I Ass. don't like. I mean, there's two that I don't like, and that is Requiem and The, the Predator. The Predator. Uh, the Predator was horrible. It's terrible. I think, I think every other movie ever made in the history of <laughs> of. The human race is better than the predator. <laughs> it's so bad. It's how so is, awful. <laughs> how is Olivia Munn, a scientist, also a weapons expert, just randomly? And Double then major. Don't play just, jackass. Yeah. <laughs> don't play jackass. It just doesn't make any sense. The movie hops around so much. And uh, Courtney not Vance good. or whatever dies really quickly. And you're like, wait, what? He just died? It was so fucking bad. Yeah, not a fan. But uh, I mean, in a way, this movie kind of goes back to the well yeah, in that it's out in the wilderness. And um, but I, I do think the new setting is fun. I like I like how it takes place in the in the past, like well in the past. Um, you know, this is this is during like the colonialization. Uh, you know, 17. Would you say seven or 15, 17, 15, 19, Se- like 17, 19, 17, 19. That's what it was. I apologize. 17, 19. Yeah, so I mean, this is uh, just a couple of decades before the Seven Years' War, for crying out loud. Uh, so this is a really fun era with the muskets and the, the flintlock pistols, as, as you said. Uh, and it's just it's just a lot of fun. And I think that the cast really nails it. This is this was a unique cast. Uh, you know, there's some hardcore representation <laughs> with uh, <laughs> with the. Uh, indigenous people and i think that this is uh, with the first people and the and it was awesome and i don't know i i was blown away like i literally i had zero expectations for this movie and when it was all said and done it's it might be my second favorite predator movie which is really weird to say and they so yes he did get the formula right whatever that formula is i don't know the answer to that but i i thought i looked at it for an hour and 39 minutes yeah, I think he he strips it down to brass tacks and kind of gets down to to how the original was so good, where it was just a one v one battle, and you focus more, you have a lot more predator time in this movie. So we do get to see the predator decently early on. You know, we get to see him in his camo, and it is a good reveal when you finally get to see his, his you know actual form. But it's not how Predator, the the Arnold one from eighty seven, where the first thirty five minutes of the movie, forty minutes of the movie, you don't get to see the predator at all. Um, you just know that something's tracking them. And this one, they focus a little more on that and not have it be such a surprise. Uh, it's, it's a pretty linear plot, but it works so goddamn well and um, takes it back to the, the primitive nature with uh, no guns, basically. Like if you use guns, I mean, she she holds out the pistol and it jams her first shot. So she has to rely on her cunning and her intellect and she home alone's the shit out of it to, to kill the predator. So I think that's what it comes down to. But the performances, like you're saying, were so great. Like uh, Amber Midthunder was was 
incredible. And I, I cannot wait to see a sequel to this, a follow up to this with her in it. And I want to see more work that she does because she was so good. I was so invested into everything she was doing. And I, I think he really just knows how to draw a lot out of his characters, just like in 10 Cloverfield Lane. All those right. characters were great, right? Mary Elizabeth. Like, there's Lou. three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and then there's the lady that bangs on the door. Oh, yeah, four. But and then there's the aliens. But yeah, it's, you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is incredible in that movie. And so Trachtenberg really knows how to draw a lot out of his characters. And so I think he definitely found the formula to reinvigorate this franchise. Mm-hmm. And we and we know what a predator is, so we don't got to waste any time. I yeah. did like how his mask looked like it was a bone. Dude, that was bad. It was actually like tech which i thought was pretty cool Mm -hmm. uh i mean for me part of the joy for predator movies is his weaponry and in the first one he's got the claws he's got the shoulder cannon right but then in predator 2 he's got like a fucking spear gun he's got his normal shoulder cannon he's got the the fucking net which we also saw in this one actually yeah that that was badass uh we got the net as well and then the crazy disc and in this one he had the shield uh Mm -hmm. and that's that's where it's at for me, man. I love the fucking like, where does he get those wonderful toys? Yeah. Sort of 89 Batman style. Like, I, I think that's so cool. And he and his his laser guiding system, it wasn't lasers like we saw in 87. It was it, they were arrows, right? They're sh- shooting arrows at people. And, and that was incredible. But very right, much like, like synchronized was, targeting is basically yeah, what it was. Yeah, they were yeah. heat seeking arrows. So that that was just so goddamn cool. And the shield was incredible. It was inspired by God of War, actually. Uh, Dan Trachtenberg saw it, uh, played the video game. And he's like, whoa, I need to do that when Kratos gets a shield. So pretty, pretty remarkable stuff right there. Um, so there's a ton of foreshadowing in this movie, and I'm wondering if you kind of noticed it. You know, you're a, you're a smart fella. So, por ejemplo, the, the cold blood medicine, the orange uh, totsia, the steel animal traps, the ritual of getting a first kill, which is called katamia, and um, the tree tactic that she, that Naru used, just to name a few foreshadowed moments. They ended up paying dividends in the end of the film, and I noticed them very early on. So I noticed them quickly, and it was a it was very much a moment of it was Philip, the pizza delivery guy from the beginning of the story, you know. <laughs> so did I'm wondering if you saw those, and if so, did it ruin the movie at all for you? Uh, it did not ruin the movie for me at all. No, in fact, uh, I mean, I thought it was pretty obvious. I don't think that they were trying to hide it. Like when she oh. sees the trap for the first time, you know, it's she's like, oh man, this fucking thing. And like her eyes just kind of open up a little bit, <laughs> and then yeah. we then we see the trap a couple of times, right? But it's just one of those sort of this is pretty early in our in our history here in the Americas, and that those traps were were basically a marvel of of mankind, and when it comes to trapping and 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 killing things, and uh, it's unfortunate, especially since I love animals so goddamn much, but. Uh, yeah, 100%. And then the the plant, the, the medicine, and how she was good with medicine. She's basically good at everything. She was the best at everything, but she wasn't good at hunting, right? Like, that was, like, her thing. Like, she wasn't the best at that. And clearly, she was going to get better, and, and she was learning as she goes. And we were well, we were there with her on that journey. So most of it, I think, was glaringly obvious, but I don't think it was uh, in a way to ruin the movie. It was more like, okay... Put that, put that in your little box. Like when you're playing like Resident Evil or, yeah. or Legend of Zelda, you come across these items that you just put in your inventory. Like, <laughs> I'm going to need that later. <laughs> I'm going to need that that crate later. Yeah, something. exactly. I put a raft in my pocket. And um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for me, it worked. I, I didn't find any of it to be like insulting or like, oh, okay, we know she's going to use that uh, in, in a good way. 
Like, it's like, yes, remember traps. Because even in the very first Predator, he's making booby traps. Yeah, that's I right. I mean, they all, they all die trying to make the one with the, when they take their shirts off and get all shiny and they're, they're trying to capture him. So, I mean, it's total Boy Scout stuff is to, to create these fun little traps. And I think just one thing, though, that I, I picked up quickly when when they gave the orange Totsia to the uh, guy that got attacked by the, the cougar, they're mm-hmm. like, it, it it freezes your blood or it, it makes your blood cold or whatever. And I was like, oh, there we go. You know, it's very much a Leo DiCaprio moment pointing at the screen yeah. where I was like, they're going to use this later. But then I also actually, to the credit of the film, when she goes into the mud pit, I'm like, ooh. Maybe she's going to be covered in mud and the predator's not going to see her. She washes it off. But then she just washes it off. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, that's fine. But I mean, that foreshadowed her final uh, battle where she, you know, she set all that up and she saw that that uh, down tree that she got out of. That was like her her waypoint to be like, okay, this is where the bog is. So mm-hmm. really cool setup and payoff. And, and it, it, it didn't ruin anything for me. I just noticed it because I was hyper aware, um, but it did pay off. And I was like, okay, cool. That was fun. So, and so like, I want to talk about the predator itself, because I personally think that this version of the predator just looked absolutely incredible. Like we were talking about the CGI in the film wasn't always the best, but it is what it is. But the practical design of the, the monster was just so badass because he, of course he had CGI for, for the, uh, the camouflage, but then when he was actually in his suit, like when they had him battling the, the French trappers, it was remarkable. Um, and I want to ask you out of all the seven predator films or just even the comic lore, what is your favorite version of the predator throughout the film history? Uh, my favorite version of the predator is actually the elder predator that is in predator two when mm-hmm. they reveal themselves on the, on the starship. Uh, there's several different predators on it. They're like known as the lost tribe, I guess is what they're called. And uh, he looks fucking badass, dude. I just love how they have little trinkets and cool armor from, various conquests that they <laughs> that they've done and it's just really cool so the elder predator is my favorite i dig it i it's gonna be kind of a, a homer pick but i'm taking i'm taking the jungle hunter predator from 1987 it's just it started it his his mandibles how they're kind of opening and he's laughing and you're just like holy shit and just you know you're one ugly motherfucker sort of thing um when he picks up arnold who's a pretty big guy and they clearly show that he's way taller than him I just remember seeing that when I was younger and I'm like, dude, this is he is awesome looking. So I've always been a huge fan of that, that jungle hunter predator from the original. But this one might be my second favorite because you're talking about the mask. It was so creepy, yet so uh, it fit perfectly with this this style of of, uh, what do you call them? Uh, Yautjas. Yaucha Hunter or something. And um, I, I just I love the hell out of it. So, um, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Predator 2, so I can't necessarily remember the elder. I do remember what they look like vaguely, but I don't remember the little trinkets and stuff. I just remember there were like a lot of them at the end. And they yeah, he's kind of like a kind of like a shaman. You know, he's got like skulls and stuff on his person. <laughs> he looks oh, pretty okay. Like animal, like uh, smaller animal type uh, skulls on his body and everything. He looks really mm-hmm. cool. Okay, so yeah, it, it definitely was. Uh, you know, this this feral predator is what they call him was was pretty goddamn awesome in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So and how, uh, but one thing I will say about the predator and how and how they hunt, they're kind of cheaters if you think about it because they have just this insane weaponry and they got that god dang invisibility cloak sneaking around Hogwarts in. 
does it cheapen his hunting skill at all? Or is it pretty even when they take on hordes of, of hunters? Uh, so I think it is pretty cheap at first, but in most of the Predator movies, the the targets are pretty heavily armed. <laughs> so it's not surprising that it has to kind of play this way, but he traditionally is taking on large sums of enemies. So I think it sort of evens the playing field a little bit. But like in in Predator, they basically lay down the whole forest when they when Blaine gets killed and they all have like those guns and they're just shooting, going crazy town banana pants. And so what does he do? He picks them off one by one because he couldn't take them all on at once. Right. When he tries, uh, you know, he gets shot. So it doesn't really work out. So they are vulnerable. The whole if it bleeds, we can kill it. Right. So they got to be smart. So I think it I think it works. I mean, yeah, it might seem unfair, especially in this particular time. But I don't think that that uh, Naru was ever really blind to the predator. You know, she was always pretty much on point with, you know, there's something there and she's a good tracker. So it makes sense that uh, he needs to use those to survive because right. as soon as as soon as he revealed himself, he got fucked up. He did. <laughs> even 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 her uh, tribesmen, you know, they're beating the shit out of him with their spears. They like you said, they held their own pretty well. But his his advanced technology, you know, ultimately reigns supreme. Mm-hmm. And that's like like in Seven Samurai, right? These guys bring swords to a fucking gunfight, and it doesn't work out for him, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's unfortunate. And. Uh, these trappers, same thing. They're trying to be coy and they're they're pulling out all their best tricks. So what does he do? He comes at it from behind and he takes them all out when they're not paying attention. Yeah. So he's he's a clever sort. It's his tactic. So yes, I guess it is kind of cheap, but at the same time, uh, a firearm is one of the most advanced forms of weaponry. So it makes sense that he has to cheat a little bit. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But uh, Justin, Booby, let me hear your pitch for how you think Prey 2 should play out. Okay, well, I would be 100% on board if it left this time and it went somewhere else. Uh, it, it could go to like feudal Japan um, and we see like a group of samurai set out from the village to take on a predator. Or it could even be like a bang, bang, shoot em up cowboy fucking cowboy movie and, and like on the wagon trail and... This group gets under siege by predators and some fast shooting cowboys got to handle it. So either it doesn't really matter. I, I could I could watch Naru beat the shit out of predators all day long. So I'm OK with it staying with this. But if we want to jump time periods, but stay here on planet Earth, um, I would go with feudal Japan or the wild, wild west. I think Emilio Estevez would have to kill the predator. Spirit world. Spirit world. And Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah. He's still around, but. Cool. I, I like the, the Japan thing. And I think you can make this uh, well with more representation in, in, in the film, too. You can globetrot it a bit and take it to different settings. So I would be 100 percent down for any of that stuff. I think it's really cool. I would like to see Naru again um, and, and kind of how the pistol gets sent back to the Predators. But maybe, you know, she has the, the wherewithal to be like, we need to move because there are threats here. And we're susceptible to these threats. So we're going to move our tribe. And I thought that was really cool. So we'll see. Do you think that she's talking about the French or do you think that she's talking about the predator? I think she's talking about both. I think I I thought that's what she says at the end, too. She's like, you know, we have threats. And so we have to we have to move. And and I thought she was talking about both because Mm -hmm. she had the gun. But I mean, that's kind of why she's showing it. It it was a dual meaning. It's like 
we got these these monsters who I just completely destroyed. But then we also have these other monsters who are humans and we need to get out of here sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I I would I would love to keep following her story because she's just such a badass character. So we'll see. You know, um, I'm I'm 100 percent on board for whenever the eventual sequel comes out. Maybe the predators will come back and her and the predators will fight the English. <laughs> yeah. And this time it's personal because <laughs> I think. I mean, I I am terrible when it comes to history, but in like Last of the Mohicans, right? The French were sided with uh, Native American tribes against the British. Yeah, the British had American colonials fighting with them. They might have had Native Americans working with them too, but I don't know the answer to that. I all I know about our history is Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> Maybe Jason Isaacs will be a bad <laughs> British guy, and then Mel Gibson will oh, show up. Oh yeah! Uh, yeah. You know, I've never seen that movie. I know you said that. It's uh, I like it a lot, but it's long. It's like three hours. What's it called? The Patriot. The Patriot. Yeah, yeah. I hate that Mel Gibson. I know he is kind of a piece it. of shit. So yeah, I don't. I don't. I honestly, once once seventeen seventy six happens, I I check out. Like I don't know anything pre seventeen seventy six. <laughs> like in you know in North America, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you consider all the different tribes and spoken languages that existed. Upwards of like two million spoken languages were on North America or North American soil, and now it is nowhere close to that number because like so many people have been just destroyed, and that yeah. is so sad. I took it's an terrible. American studies class in college, and when I heard that number, I was like, "Are you fucking serious? That's insane." It's terrible. And, uh, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, no, there's 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 no make America great again. We, we we were never great to begin with. So we did a lot of stupid shit back in the days. And so right. that's um, it's, it's a dark mark on our history many, <laughs> right. many, many times over. So. It really is. And then like when we're kids, we learn about like the pilgrims and Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it's fucking all lies. It's so funny. It's like, are you serious? You're going to tell us this? And then we go home and tell our parents and they're like, yeah, well, let me tell you what really happened. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. There's a reason casinos exist, because we're pieces of shit. So, yeah. There's an episode of King of the Hill where, where John Redcorn is talking about the systematic uh, rape and killing of his people. And Bobby raises his hand. He's like, "And are you sure this was the, the white man that did this? <laughs> and he's like, yes, I'm sure. And Bobby's like, wow. And John Redcorn's like, yes, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Bobby speaks for all of us. Holy yep. shit. So. So as much as I really like this movie, Justin, I did have a gripe that kind of was bugging me in, in it. And I'm looking at the Predator films as a whole. But w- my gripe was that the Predators have these rules or this hunting code of honor that they kind of live by. So they only hunt threats or ultimate prey. They refuse to hunt children or the vulnerable and they respect each other and they respect their prey. If you know, if they get bested, they even present weapons to kind of show a sense of equality. So it's it's weird because they'll come down, they'll murder everything in sight. But then they're like, we got rules too. we have standards. We'll give you this gun if you kill us sort of thing. And I noticed in this movie that the Predator did end up killing a couple people that were unarmed, specifically that French guy who had his leg cut off and he was unarmed. He's laying on the ground and I know that he was fighting him maybe at the start, but as soon as he moved, the Predator just kills him. I thought that was kind of weird because I was like, that seems against his code. But what do you think about the Predator's code of honor? Uh, So I don't think that case really applies only because 
the the Frenchman was trying to kill the predator earlier. And so Mm -hmm. like if you were to equate it to let's just pretend that you're a a hunter and you shoot an animal and it's wounded, you have to go and finish the job. Right. Fair enough. So I think that's that mentality. Like I wounded it. Let me let me go get it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, I hate hunting everything about it. (laughs) And that was really hard for me to say that sentence. But yes, that's how I would look at it. And in most cases, I think in this movie, the animals that the predator was killing either were antagonistic towards him or he watched it kill something else. Right. So he, he was uh, pretty, you know, he was adjudicating the situation and, and establishing whether something was a threat or not. And for the case of Naru, she never really had a weapon on her when he was having his encounters, but he didn't see her with the gun when she was pointing at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then when she saw him with weapons, he's like, now you done fucked up sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. And and that's I think that they dotted their I's and crossed their T's as far as the rules of this predator go. I I think I I guess I I keep coming back to Predator 2 where it's like, you know, it's almost like the, the Chronicles of Riddick thing. You keep what you kill sort of situation. I know that they want to come down and hunt for sport. And then I look at AVP where, you know, they're hunting people left and right, but then you team up with them to fight a greater threat. It just gets kind of murky there because it's like, wait, are you here to kind of help the humans or are you here to just kill us all? What is an actual threat? Is it just if someone holds a gun, they're a threat? Or are you talking are you talking the 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 uh, supreme predators that you're trying to hunt, like the, the unstoppable killing machines. Right. So they're going for the apex. Predator. In this yeah. case, man is the ultimate predator, right? I mean, you don't see any predators going in the ocean. Otherwise, they'd be fighting like great whites and fucking like orca whales. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, in this case, it's it's finding the top of the food chain and trying to be better than it. And then in aliens versus predator, it's their rite of passage to fight the xenomorphs. They were yeah. going there as a as a ritual to become, you know, predators to to whatever whatever that. I'm sorry, I forget what the word was that you used for when she wants to become a warrior. Their kumatea or something uh, like that. Oh, uh, katamia. Katamia. Yeah, there you go. So their katamia was going to the pyramid and fighting yeah. these xenomorphs, whereas. Right. Uh, and, and the only reason he hooked up, the Predator hooked up with the nice lady in Aliens versus Predator is because she actually killed the alien. So he looked at her as an equal. All mm. the other humans could have died and they would have killed them and they didn't really care. But this woman was tough enough to kill a xenomorph. So he rewarded her by giving her that spear made out of its tail and a shield made out of its head to protect it from the, the blood. And it shows her that mm-hmm. the blood is you know, toxic and, and can eat through things. So theirs was more of a partnership, sort of the, the, my enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And he looked at her as an equal. Okay. Yeah. And that makes a little more sense. I, I just, I think I was kind of, there's a lot going in my head where I'm like, what are the rules? Why does it come down here? Is it just trying to straight up kill? Is it a bad guy? Cause it's also killing off the other bad guys. Or does it not see that? It just sees I'm trying to get apex predators, and I think that's what it. I think that's what it boils down to. So. Yeah. So it it started off small, and it was working its way up the food chain. 
Yeah, it literally starts out small. Yeah, Yeah. it starts out with a rattlesnake because it doesn't know. It's like, is this the predator I'm supposed to kill? Is this the prey I'm supposed to kill? And then it goes from there where it kills the the, the wolf wolf. and then the bear. And and it was it was still getting its ass kicked by the bear because it never encountered something like that. Right. But then it just completely obliterates it. So. Well, fascinating. Well, finally, you know, I just want to give a huge shout out to Amber Midthunder as Naru because I absolutely loved her performance and I thought it compared to other badass female performances in action movies that I've seen before. And I'm talking about like Ellen Ripley and Lorraine, Lorraine Broughton from um, uh, Atomic Blonde. Blonde. So what what did you think about uh, Amber Midthunder's character? Yeah, I thought she did great. I, I was impressed. I was blown away. I was like, holy shit, this lady is a badass. <laughs> she really was. I, yeah, I, I, I was sold. Yeah. I'm on it. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. That's why I'm, I'm drinking I'm, the orange flower. <laughs> there you go. Your blood's all cold. You need a blanket and a couple <laughs> yeah, jackets. <laughs> I'm always cold. I got a baby body. And a couple monster hoodies. But um, I definitely absolutely loved her performance. And that's why I, I would like to see her in a follow up. And I would like to continue her story or at least just see her in other things because it was it was incredible. So really big fan of that. Um, but Justin, do you want to rank your Predator films for me? Sure. Uh, from best to worst, we'll go Predator. Mm, okay. Uh, then we'll go Prey. Then Predator Two. Then probably Aliens versus Predator. Then Predators. Then uh, Aliens versus Predator Requiem. Then every movie ever made. And then <laughs> the Predator. Okay. Like yeah. even those horrible ones that that are like on Sci Fi Channel, like. Mega shark versus super octopus or whatever. <laughs> part three. <laughs> yeah. Sharknado part 600 is uh, better than the predator in 3d. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. I go predator, prey, predator two, predators, AVP, the predator, and then AVP requiem. And the only reason I put requiem there is I had a very hard time watching requiem because the movie is shot so dark. It, it was nighttime. really, it, but but the entire film, it's really Power's really hard to see what's going on, <laughs> and I just I just remember hating every minute of it because I'm like I don't I don't even know what just happened. That's um, why they drop a nuke to get some lights on. <laughs> exactly, they needed to invest in nuclear. The hydroelectricity wasn't working, so uh, I, I was just I couldn't stand AVP Requiem. I couldn't stand the Predator. So I'm not saying that you know one is necessarily better than the other, but it's it. I think it edges sounds out like a little are. bit. It's, a sounds little like you're bit. saying that you're crazy. Yeah, I am crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. I'll try not to. Um, so, do you have any final thoughts on Prey and what is your letter grade? Yes, I had asked a friend if the dog dies because uh, if it did, I wasn't going to watch the movie. I knew, and I was thinking about that the entire time because I was like, "Man, Justin's not going to like this if dog if the dog dies." Yes, I asked my friend Josh. I was like, "So, you've seen Prey?" He said, "Yes." He picked me up from the airport when I got back from Chicago, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay, great. Did you like it?" Yes. Does the dog die? Because if it does, I'm not going to watch the movie. <laughs> he says. He says the dog does not die, but it gets hurt a couple times. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, but the dog survives. Yes, okay, I'll watch it. The dog so, is such a badass too. Yes, and so glad that I watched it. Absolutely love it. It uh, it belongs in uh, the the annals of history when it comes to amazing predator films, and I think it is right up there with the first one. And it is amazing. Obviously, it's really hard to, to capture the magic of uh, a classic 80s adventure like Predator, especially when you have the the charm of Schwarzenegger 
and he's in his element and it makes sense. And this one uh, was amazing. And I'm so glad that I watched it. I'm glad it was made. And I was sad that it got spoiled in some way. They had a special announcement plan, but word got out that the movie was happening and they weren't able to announce it the way that they wanted to. So that's unfortunate. Oh, I think I remember reading something like yeah, that. Yeah, a bit of a buzzkill. But uh, I am I am an eager little beaver to see more, assuming Trachtenberg is behind it. Cool. What's your letter grade? Uh, I would give this movie... I would give this movie a B+. I dig it. Yeah, everything you said and more, man. I was very, very pleasantly surprised. Very happy to watch it. I could easily rewatch this again. A, a very cool 100 minutes is, is excellent. That's right around the time that... That's all I need to watch a movie and uh, it's streamlined plot. It's linear. Um, just give me more of this. Give me more representation, too, of indigenous people. And fudge, yeah, bro. Fudge, yeah. So this is an A for me. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I thought I thought it was an action, a horror movie, a sci-fi movie, all kind of rolled into one, which are what these Predator movies are. And then they finally, it finally paid off. It's like watching the Mariners, right? We wait for all this time, all these years for a, a good follow-up, and then finally we get it and we're like, yeah! So, yeah, that was uh, that's how I viewed this. Perfect. Cool. All I right, like well, I am going to take us home tonight. So thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at DBCrazyPod, at EdgyArmo, and at ZachDale60, where you can share your thoughts with us and we will discuss them on our show. You can even tell us what movie you think we should watch for our next episode. Just please remember that it needs to be streaming in order to make it to the list, baby. Is Heat uh, streaming? Because I want to watch <laughs> I bet we could find it. And then I'm like, I just got a great ass. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Additionally, we are also available on every other major podcast app, including Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and Google Music, to name a few. But with all that being said, this has been fun. This has been real. Just please don't be crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much.